Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Friday, December 9th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast presented to you by Indochino on CLNS Radio. Big game for the Patriots this weekend as they take on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football in Gillette Stadium. We welcome in Luke Jones of WNST Sports Radio in Baltimore and Doug Moore, the Patriots writer for ESPN New Hampshire, to help us break down this huge game against these two AFC rivals. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio. Go find us on clnsradio.com, on Twitter, at CLNS Radio, and at Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. It is episode number 152 on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Very pleased to be with you guys, especially since this is a uh, this is a little personal of a game for me uh, for this upcoming game for the Patriots. It's versus the Baltimore Ravens, as I, Harris Rubenstein, do come from the wonderful lands of Baltimore County, Maryland. And while I am not a Ravens guy at all, uh, most of my high school, uh, most of my friends from back home are obviously Ravens fans. So growing up as a Patriots fan inside a Ravens territory was, you know, Turn you know iron chips iron or iron whatever the turn is you know it was rough to grow up as a Patriots fan inside of Baltimore but here we are again one of the one of my favorite AFC matchups even as a non Patriots fan is the Patriots versus the Ravens the Ravens are the team that for the since at least you know 2008 have been one of the thorns in the paws of the lion that is the Patriots for a pretty long time now this Ravens team has always given them trouble on both sides of the ball you know whether it was Ray Rice destroying them in the playoffs or Joe Flacco and his defensive pass interference penalties whether it's Terrell Suggs wreaking havoc with Tom Brady and all the penalties and this and that and that and this it is always an interesting matchup when you have these two teams going against each other. And again, we have a very, we have a classic Patriots Ravens matchup. You have this Ravens defense, one of the best in all of football, going against the Patriots, one of the best teams in all of football. Joe Flacco is officially healthy with his uh, ankle, in, or excuse me, with his ACL injury, seemingly fully back into gear after he lit up the Miami Dolphins last week as the Ravens took them down 38 to 6. But they are playing a Patriots team that 
just played their best defensive game of of the year against the Los Angeles Rams. While it is the Los Angeles Rams, it is still good to see the Patriots defense performing well and blitzing more. So without further ado, uh, we are going to have Doug Moore come on a little bit later. We're going to have... Uh, excuse me, Luke Jones of WNST in Baltimore uh, Sports Radio. He'll be coming on later as well. But, you know, we could talk about the Rams game all we want. You know, Malcolm Mitchell looked great. Eight catches, ten targets looked great. Uh, Deion Lewis looked good. The Garrett Blunt looked good. Offensive line shut down Aaron Donald. Defense played well. Kyle Van Noy had his best game as a Patriot with the interception and a sack and a couple of nice tackles for losses. Shane McClellan had a sack. The pass rush was up. Blitzing looked good. Blah, 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 blah. The Los Angeles Rams are a really bad football team, and the New England Patriots are a really good football team. So the game played out as I think we all expected it to. But I want, we need to talk copiously about this upcoming game against the Baltimore Ravens because what a matchup we have for you guys this year. Like I said, Baltimore Ravens, one of the single best defenses in all of football, maybe even the best defense uh, of 2016 so far. They've given up so few points this year. I don't believe they've given up more than 27 points in a game. No, they have not. So, you know, this, this is a Ravens team that's kind of odd. Uh, they're 7-1 whenever their left tackle, Ronley Stanley, plays. And they're 0-4 without him. And he's now healthy. And now they're coming to play the Patriots in Foxborough. There are very few teams in you know football who can successfully come into Gillette Stadium inside of the Patriots' home and bring it to them and actually deal them some damage. So the, the, the very few teams have been able to do that. The Broncos certainly haven't been able to do it. Uh, you know, the the Colts were never really able to do it. The team that has consistently been able to come into Foxborough and beat the Pats or at least give them a run for the money has been the Baltimore Ravens. I believe it was Joe Flacco who said it this week, and he basically said, you know, a lot of teams can look at the Patriots and say, oh, we're afraid, oh, we're intimidated, this and that. But we look at them, and they're just another team. So there are very few players, or very few teams, I should say, who actually, you know, are, are not intimidating. The Ravens are one of those teams. And I think it has a lot to do with Terrell Suggs and the rest of those guys on the defensive side of the ball. So without further ado, let's take a look at the Ravens' depth chart and just kind of go through what we're going to see from them on a defensive side. Uh, on a defensive standpoint. So one of the things that needs to be uh, mentioned is that their defense, uh, for ha- as good as it is, it is one that the Patriots are very familiar with. Uh, they run a very similar defense uh, to what they have been running for a very long time now. Uh, you know, they, they have Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs. They're two outside kind of hybrid linebackers. They have Timmy Jernigan and Brandon Williams uh, right in the middle. With, uh, you know, the, which they usually ran with, uh, Holodi Nada and uh, who's the other, uh, tackle? You know, I think it was, oh, Chris Canty. They ran for him with a while and they have this guy named Lawrence Guy, who's, uh, a pretty decent defensive end. So it's a very similar defense. Uh, guys you need to watch out for as well is CJ Mosley, one of the better young linebackers in football. Zachary Orr, I'm not really too familiar with, but I'm, I'm sure he's a quality player if he's starting on this Ravens team. But one of the places that I think this Ravens team 
is is kind of weak in my opinion is their secondary. I think the Patriots match up very well against the Baltimore Ravens secondary. Eric Weidel is a fine safety, very one of the best in the NFL, especially as a a free safety. They also have Ladarius Webb, who a couple years ago was one of the better corners in football, but after copious amounts of knee injuries, has now moved to the free safety position alongside of Eric Weddle. Their corners, though, are not great. Jimmy Smith is probably their best corner. Uh, he's always been very good. I'm not really sure if he's, you know, as... I'm not really sure where Jimmy Smith's skill level lies because he does play well in certain times, but at the same time, he does give up a lot of yards and he does give up a lot of touchdowns. So he's a very swinger-miss kind of corner, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays this upcoming week. He did a really good job against the Dolphins, against Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry and holding them down. But outside of Jimmy Smith, their corners are pretty weak. Uh, Tavon Young, Sharice Wright, Gerard Powers, Anthony Levine, Chris Lewis-Harris, like these are a bunch of nobles. Buddies. You know, their, their, number, their two, three, and four corners have been pretty weak uh, uh, over the course of the season. That's probably the, the biggest weakness on their defense is other options at cornerback. And unfortunately for the Baltimore Ravens, if there's one thing that this Patriots offense is going to excel at, it's going to be attacking the other parts of this Ravens defense that don't necessarily cover well. Uh, I don't see a copious amount of great coverage linebackers when it comes to this Ravens team. Mosley's pretty good. Zachary Orr is okay. Albert McClellan is all right, but he's been there forever. But T. Suggs and Doomerville can't cover anyone. So I'm pretty, you know, I'm I'm pretty... I'm I'm pretty confident that this Patriots the uh, offense is going to be able to do some sort of damage against this Ravens defense. But it all comes down to who the, these games between the Pats and the Ravens usually come down to one thing: who wins the battle in the trenches. And I think this is the first time in a couple of games where you can objectively look at both teams and say, okay, I think the the Patriots hold the advantage on both sides of the ball. I think that the Patriots' offensive line against this Ravens' defensive line is easily one of the better matchups that they've had this year. I really like this Patriots uh, offensive line after the past couple of days. He's been, or excuse me, Shaq Mason has been a revelation this year, as has Marcus Cannon. Nate Solder has really come around uh, these past couple of games and made it so it's not, uh, he's not been a huge issue. Uh, who else has been really good for them on the offensive line? Excuse me, David uh, David Andrews has been serviceable. Joe Tooney, who I think is only big, his biggest problem, uh, Joe Tooney, is that he's uh, he has too many holding penalties. He, I, I just think that he's one of those guys that when he gets beat, he gets beat really badly and ends up holding. But most of the time, he hasn't been getting beat pretty consistently. So that's been... A uh, that that that's been a a good thing for this Patriots team is that the, the offensive line has been a very so, solid part of excuse me been a very consistent part of why they've been one of the best teams in the NFL this year. And I think if you look at the Ravens O line compared to the Patriots defensive line, I don't think this Ravens O line is very good at all. I don't think they're one of the better ones in the NFL. I mean, Yonda is very special. You know, Yonda's one of the best offensive guards in football. But, excuse me, is is Ronnie Stanley one of the best left tackles in the NFL? No. Is is Are there other guards and center outside of Marshall Yonda special? Not really. 
Is their right tackle special whose name escapes me? No, not particularly. They're decent. They've been playing well. But do I think their offensive line is anything incredibly special? No, not really. But, you know, if you ask me, you just look at this Ravens offensive line. You know, I'm, I'm just going off what we see with pro football focus. And it, it just just to me, I see – excuse me, let me just switch over here to uh, the bases for uh, either of them. Here you go. So you have Yonda. You know, Vladimir Dukas isn't great. Billy Wagner is okay. Stanley isn't good. I'm not a big believer in Jeff Zutta. And then, you know, outside of – those guys on offense, I mean, Dennis Pitta is not the same player he was a couple years ago. Steve Smith, I think, will have a really fun matchup against Malcolm Butler. So that's totally up in the air. It really depends what kind of year, or excuse me, what kind of day Malcolm Butler is having. Because Steve Smith and him match up very well against each other. Steve Smith's going to use a lot of his physicality and quickness to get away from Malcolm Butler. But Malcolm Butler's best quality is that he's very good at keeping up with small, quick, wide receivers. And that's exactly what Steve Smith is. So this should be one of the, excuse me, should be one of the better matchups for Malcolm Butler, as I talk about with uh, Doug a little bit later. Uh, Kamar Aiken, the Patriots are pretty familiar with, former Patriots practice squad wide receiver, has really come on uh, as a slot guy for the Ravens over the past couple years. Decent wide receiver, nothing crazy special. I think Logan Ryan will do a good job of shutting him down. But the real guy on this the offense that you really need to watch out for, uh, outside of the two running backs, which we'll talk about, is... And this is going to sound very strange, but in my opinion, it's Mike Wallace. Uh, Mike Wallace has had a really good year with Joe Flacco. I think that this is, it, you know, it's a perfect fit. Joe Flacco can only throw the ball deep down the field. Mike Wallace can only catch the ball deep down the field. And, you know, this is where we're, this is where we'll see the value of Devin McCourty. Mike Wallace has been a big part of their offense this year. And I think they're just going to stick McCourty on him and be like, look, just make sure he doesn't, make sure he doesn't get behind you and keep everything in front of you. And he's done a really good job this year, Devin McCourty, of not having, or not, excuse me, not giving up these massive plays down the field, especially against some of the better deep ball wide receivers that they've had. Uh, the only person that's beaten them for deep balls down the field was Quincy Anunwa, who had, a what was an outlier of a game against the Patriots. He's been good this year, but not nearly as good as he showed uh, in the Patriots versus Jets game. But in those AFCs matchups, there's always some weird player that ends up coming up and performing very well for one of those AFCs teams. So maybe not too much to, to look into. But you know, the the real key to this as well are the two running backs for the Baltimore Ravens being Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon. Both of them are very talented. Both of them are good at breaking tackles. Both of them can catch the ball out of the backfield. They're they're also bigger physical guys and can run up the middle really well. Uh, whenever you run the ball behind Marshall Yonda, you really have to watch out. But at the same time, Malcolm Brown and Vincent Valentin have been two very good um Excuse me, the uh, Marciano and Jeff Sutton have been two of the better run-blocking offensive linemen, but Malcolm Brown and Vincent Valentin and Allen Branch have been three of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the NFL this year. I think Malcolm Brown especially is one of the better run-stopping D-tackles in the NFL. Can't really rust the passer yet, but the man can certainly stop the run. And we just saw a report come out this morning from Pro Football Focus that Vincent Valentin is the highest-ranked uh, defensive rookie defensive tackle against the pa- in the pass rushing and second for run stopping percentage. So Vincent Valentin was a, a pick that I think we all kind of scratched our heads at when they first picked him. But ever since you know he stepped onto the football field, he's been nothing but productive for this Patriots defense. But I want to talk about Joe Flacco because 
I, I I don't know. I just you know Joe Flacco, he, he's such a difficult quarterback to 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 evaluate because you know one game he'll come out against the Dolphins and you know do what he did, and another game he'll come out and just completely crap the bed and be bad. And, you know, people say, oh, is Joe Flacco elite? Is Joe Flacco this? Is Joe Flacco that? In my opinion, Joe Flacco is not an elite quarterback, but Joe Flacco is a franchise guy. I mean, Joe, you know, he's one of those guys that you can bring into the playoffs and he will win games for you. But is he someone that I'm going to take over, you know, is there something I'm, am, am I going to take Joe Flacco over uh, other top five, top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL? No. I think he's very limited when it comes to passing. I don't think he's a, a great intermediate to short passing game guy. I mean, he's the king of the dump off. You know, if he, if he can't chuck the ball down the field to try to get a, uh, a deep ball or some sort of defensive pass interference penalty, he's just going to dump the ball off to a running back. I mean, that was half the reason Ray Rice had 90 to 100 catches every single year because you know, Joe Flacco is the Greek god of, of dump offs. So I think it's going to be really imperative for this, uh, Patriots team to cover running backs really well. I think that's going to rely a lot on what Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy can bring to the table. I think we're going to see a lot of Shane McClellan as well. This Ravens team is nothing like the, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams were a team on offense that were completely scrambled. They didn't have their top receiver. Kenny Britt kept dropping, you know, everything. Goff, you know, against uh, Bill Belichick defense, uh, especially how good they are against first-year quarterbacks, just wasn't going to work out. This is a guy who's seen the Patriots defense over and over and over again, uh, you know, throughout his career. So I think Joe Flacco is pretty familiar with what the Patriots are going to be bringing to a table, bringing to the table, I should say. So whatever it, you know, whatever this Patriots team ends up coming up with, I think will I don't think it's going to be necessarily anything new that uh, Joe Flacco hasn't seen before, but it will be interesting because this is a defense with a lot of different pieces that we haven't seen recently. So without further ado, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Ravens before we bring in Doug Moore. Looking for the perfect gift? Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and about how for only $49.99, you can get my family gift back when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T, in the search bar. That's 77% off. Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers, great steak experiences at home with the most flavorful tender-aged beef, plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, and so much more. Over 500 gourmet gift ideas with the highest quality cuts and ingredients for a one-of-a-kind flavor that's convenient and quick shopping for those on your list. It's aged 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. It's hand-trimmed, vacuum sealed with online recipes, wine pairings, and so much more. I actually used uh, my code a couple days ago to get a couple of little items I'll list in a little bit, but I got a couple fillets, a couple of sirloins, a couple of pork chops. Me and my roommate Jack, we cooked them up, we paired them with some beers, and it was a great time. But right now, Omaha Steaks is is giving exclusive savings just to my listeners. Listen to everything that you will get for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken best, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package all-beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steak seasoning packet, plus get four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T, in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to 
your cart and get a 77% savings. It's a gift guaranteed to be a hit. Thanks to Omaha Steaks for the sponsors. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Omaha Steaks. Ever since we got them on board, I've been using uh, that code a lot. And it's nice because I'm a college student and I don't have a ton of money. So it's nice to get some quality meals for a quality price. But let's continue on with this Patriots-Ravens preview. We're going to bring on Doug Moore uh, in a little bit, the Patriots writer for ESPN New Hampshire. Then, like I said, we will be bringing on Luke Jones, the one of the Ravens writers for WNST in Baltimore, to kind of help us through the more Ravens side of things for our behind enemy line segment for the week. We missed it last week. I emailed a bunch of Rams guys at the Times and just got nothing back. So, you know, what are you going to do if no one responds to it? You know, welcome, welcome to the life as a, as a podcast producer. But, you know, looking at this Patriots offense again against this Ravens defense, you know, I, I don't really know how they're going to attack this Ravens defense from a matchup standpoint. More of a, you know, more of a matchup matchup basis. Do they prioritize running backs? Do they prioritize the wide receivers? Do they try to get Bennett more involved. You know, how do they spread around targets? It's going to be really interesting because this is a tough defense to play against on all sides of the ball. You know, I mentioned how their secondary is a little bit weak after Jimmy Smith. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's it just means that it might not be as good as the rest of their defense, but it's still quality. I mean, Eric Weddle is as good of a safety as you're going to find in the NFL. Uh, Ladarius Weddle. Webb is also a fine player, as is Jimmy Smith. I just think it's going to be very interesting how this Patriots offense attacks this Ravens defense. I personally think it, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of Deion Lewis and a lot of James White. I just think that those two guys are so difficult to cover as a defense that, you know, there's no formation you can run, whether you're running a 3-4-4-3, hybrid, cover two, cover three, Tampa two defense. Like, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the, the players to cover these small running backs, you're going to get killed. So... Do they have those players? I personally don't think so. Pro Football Focus kind of agrees with me as well. I mean, Baltimore, obviously their best linebacker has been C.J. Mosley. But even he isn't what I would call stellar in coverage, ranking according to their system as 22nd in the NFL in coverage linebacker play. And then their their next guy... Geez, I'm I'm just scrolling down here. You know, Zachary Orr is a 64 covered guy. Like they just their linebacking core isn't great when it comes to covering linebackers. Obviously, those guys are very rare, but at the same time, if you don't have them, you can get really killed out of the backfield. And not only do the Patriots have one of those guys that they'll have on the field at all times, they're gonna have two of those guys on the field at the same time. So I'm not entirely sure what the Ravens are gonna do on that side of the ball. But again, you know, if we just want to go off of purely but let me also let me make this very clear. I bring up pro football focus a lot. I like pro football focus. But is pro football focus the be-all, end-all for advanced statistics in the NFL? No. They are a piece. They are a part. They are a 
an individual snippet of the entire picture. So should you use pro football focus? I think so. But should it be the way that you judge all NFL players? No. Go watch film. Go look at football outsiders. Go look at NFL 1000 on Bleacher Report. And use pro football focus as well so you have an entire puzzle to find your full answer. I just needed to bring bring that up because I feel like that's one of the constant problems that people come up with when using uh, pro football focus. But anyway, they don't have the, the Ravens defense as a very, you know, high ranking unit uh, on, on that back seven, but they are still a quality team. They are still very good defense. This is a defense that works a little bit more as a team. And it can't be understated how good of a season Terrell Suggs is having, having a, a revitalization of a career for him, having a really good year. I think leads the team in sacks, isn't dealing with any more Achilles injuries. I thought once he tore his Achilles, I believe it was early last season, that his career was over. I thought he was done. I thought it was over. I thought he was just you know going to get annihilated. But he's had a very good year this year, very good player. I love Terrell Suggs. I think Terrell Suggs is one of the most fun players that we've ever seen in football. People don't like him for obvious reasons. I get it. You know, he's might be a punk or, you know, he's outlandish and he's, you know, can be kind of like that guy. He's like the Steve Smith of defense. But man, is he a good player? Is he a guy you have to game plan around? And is he one of the toughest toughest players in all of football? Absolutely. No question in my mind, he's a guy that you have to respect. Doomerville as well. Timmy Jernigan is one of the better young D tackles in the NFL. And Brandon Williams, as I talk about with uh, Doug Moore, is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated defensive tackles in all of football. I think that Brandon Williams is an absolute stud. He's one of the most athletic guys you'll ever see for a guy his size. So, that defensive line and that front seven is definitely something to watch out for. So, you know, it, it's interesting because also going off of uh, also going off of Pro Football Focus, the Pro Football Focus actually has Shaq Mason ranked higher this year than Joe Tooney, which is peculiar because I'd have it the other way around. I think Joe Tooney's having a better season, but Shaq Mason has been better recently. So really, it's it's kind of a give and take for who you like more. But that's enough for me. Let's get our two guests in here. So first off, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to welcome in Doug Moore of ESPN New Hampshire as he is their Patriots beat writer. We'll be right back. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers around the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef and chicken and pork come from responsible raised animals and produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Blue Apron can deliver 99% of the continental United States and 99.5% of food deserts because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required for each recipe. They are reducing food waste. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot of time at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person 
for a delicious meal. Roasted pork and braised cabbage with barley glazed apples. Thai green coconut curry with sweet potato and jasmine rice. And this one's my favorite. Brown butter and chestnut gnocchi with Brussels sprouts and pea shoot salad. But not all ingredients are created equal. These are the freshest and highest quality ingredients that make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. And, you know, I, I love using this service. I actually use it a couple of times now with my roommate. My roommate Jack's a great cook. So we just have all these ingredients. We don't have to go out to some massive grocery store in the middle of Boston. And we get some really good quality food. And we get a lot of really, uh, we try a lot of different things too, which we both really like. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for our featured guest segment. This week, we are honored to welcome back in Doug Moore, our Patriots Beat writer for ESPN New Hampshire. Doug, thanks for coming back on. Oh, it's my pleasure, Harris. I appreciate you having me on again. So, Monday Night Football, Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots. We've seen this script before. Ravens have one of the best defenses in football. Patriots have some injuries they're dealing with. But overall, these are two of the best teams, the AFC, once again. Give me your overall feelings on this game. We have, we have a, this, this is a really interesting matchup. These are two very different teams than what we're used to with the Ravens and Patriots facing each other, at least roster-wise. What do you see on the Patriots side of things that might give them an advantage over this very good Ravens team? Yeah, so, I mean, when you look at it, like you said, these are, these are arguably two polar opposites, really. You know, the Patriots have a, um, you know, an okay defense, being an above-average defense, but, you know, one of the best uh, offenses in the league. Well, vice versa for Baltimore, they have uh, uh, arguably the best defense in the league right now and, and uh, you know, at times a pretty decent offense. So, uh, you know, when I look at uh, the Patriots, obviously the first thing, I, I, this may be cliche, but, uh, you know, they have Tom Brady, who has been able to produce this season uh, and in the past just in general when it comes to even when he doesn't have all of his weapons in front of him. And obviously that's the case with Rob Gronkowski being out. And it's a, it's a big injury uh, and a big loss for them. Uh, Martellus Bennett's also hurt. and it's it suffered a little bit in his play in regards to in the receiving game. Um, so I, I would say probably, you know, the biggest thing is we've seen, uh, you know, other players step up for them. Uh, you know, Julian Edelman is taking on a bigger role, obviously, and uh, Malcolm Mitchell as well. He's done really well. But I think the one thing for the Patriots that probably sets them apart is just how dangerous um, their running back core is this season. Um, you know, they have LeGarrette Blount, who, who leads the NFL with, I believe, 13 rushing touchdowns this season, which is something we didn't – I don't think we would have expected so far. But also they have these two dangerous um, receiving backs in, in Deion Lewis, who appears to be fully healthy again, and uh, James White. And, and those two guys really have uh, made it a little bit easier for them to, to cushion the loss of Gronkowski, playing a lot more two running back sets. We saw it a lot uh, this past weekend. And, um, you know, they're able to both function, uh, play out of the backfield, line up in the slot. And, um, you know, it really just makes it so defenses have to pay full attention to every every player on the field. Uh, and I see that's probably going to be the one big difference here, uh, or the one big thing for the Patriots uh, going into this, this weekend, getting production from unlikely or sources we didn't really necessarily expect right off the bat. 
let's take a look at the Pats defense versus the Ravens offense because last week we saw a Ravens offense against what has been a, a very good Miami Dolphins defense just completely blow them out of the water. I mean, I thought that was a game, you know, we, we heard all week about the Dolphins players saying they have to match our toughness instead of us matching them. And then all of a sudden, Joe Flacco just goes off, finally, I guess, fully healthy from his ACL tear. But 38-6 to is not what we would have expected out of this Baltimore Ravens team. And now we get a report from the Patriots that, you know, Eric Rowe has this hamstring injury, might even miss this game. Do you think this Ravens offense is, I guess, is it legit or is that just a flash in the pan last week? Yeah, I, I'm not so sure that it's it's um, you know a flash in the pan, but I'm not so sure that we can see uh, this sort of production every week from the Dolphins' offense. When you when you when you look at um, or I'm sorry, with, with the Ravens' offense, um, when when you look at it, you know, for example, last week, you know, the Dolphins have been playing very well as a blade on defense, at least uh, when you consider expectations. Uh, but the one thing I, I do want to point out. Uh, with the Dolphins, that they were they were without you know Rashad Jones, arguably their best defensive player, uh, and then they also lost Kiko Alonso during that game, I believe, uh, with a hand injury, and that really opened things up for a guy like Dennis Pitta, who had two receiving touchdowns in that game, who I, I still think it, it could be a very dangerous um, threat in the red zone, which we saw with two red zone touchdowns this uh, past weekend. Um, and then when you look at, you know, we finally saw something from Rashad Perryman that we hadn't seen before and, uh, or at least not as much. And that was a really good play. Something that we, or the Ravens at least expected to see out of him, uh, when they drafted him first round last season. And he had, I think he had a 54 yard, uh, touchdown, uh, this past weekend against a weak, uh, Dolphin secondary. But I, I am concerned, especially with a guy like, uh, Rashad Perryman because, you know, Eric Rose, probably the biggest, defensive back that the Patriots have and usually they like to line him up against bigger wide receivers and also been functioning as their number two uh, outside while uh, Logan Ryan settled in more as a, a nickel back for them or a slot quarterback for them so that that injury is a little concerning uh, I think that it would be a big mismatch uh, of sorts with Perryman's speed and size um, when you look at uh, guys like uh, Logan Ryan or, or Malcolm Butler so that would be something I'd be worried about uh, and then they always have their running game with Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon. So I think at times this, this Ravens defense can exploit weaknesses. I'm not so sure I'd call it, you know, uh, something we're going to see them scoring 30 points every game. But uh, it is something that they have the weapons to succeed, and we saw that uh, and exploited the weaknesses that the, the Dolphins defense had. So uh, keep looking at this Patriots defense. One of the biggest matchups that I that I see, and I think – will kind of decide this game is going to end up being Malcolm Butler versus Steve Smith. You know, if you want to rank wide receivers who Malcolm Butler probably probably matches up best against, I bet you Steve Smith is probably close to the top of that list due to, the, you know, his lack of size and whatever. But, you know, one, one thing that Malcolm Butler will definitely have a, a challenge with is just, you know, kind of the style that Steve Smith plays with. Incredibly physical, incredibly in-your-face, borderline obnoxious, but at the same time, you know, future Hall of Famer most likely. Do you see Malcolm Butler struggling with a guy like Steve Smith, or do you think he'll be able to keep him out of this game? 
Yeah, I think this is going to be more of a 50-50 thing. Um, I think I still think that uh, Malcolm Butler matches up, like you said, well with Steve Smith. They're both physical. They play at the, the line of scrimmage a lot. They're both a little undersized, um, and they both have good speed, which is incredible when you think about Steve Smith, his age, and, and you know he's coming off an Achilles tear that he just had last year. So I think it's going to be a situation where they're both going to make some plays, um, you know, this coming weekend, I think that, you know, Steve Smith will have some good catches, maybe some good uh, you know, yards after the catch. And then I think Butler is going to have some good uh, one-on-one matchups with him in regards to, you know, some pass blocks or just good plays in general. Um, I, I don't know if, if there's going to be one person who's going to come out in the ultimate winner. Um, Cause I think that, you know, Butler can play really well at times, but um, I think that, you know, this Steve Smith in general will find a way to, to make some plays. So, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Like you said, I think it's going to be one of the bigger ones to watch out for. Um, but if I, if I had to give an edge, just considering how well uh, Butler's been playing, I might say that he might get the better Steve Smith. But again, I think both will make good plays uh, throughout the course of the game. So now switching over to Pat's offense versus Ravens defense. You know, we, here we go again with Terrell Suggs, not saying Brady's name during interviews and all of, all of this crap. You know, it seems... It seems like every single time the, these two teams play each other, we end up with some sort of conflict, some sort of referee thing going on, some sort of crap, whatever. We'll 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 definitely see how it how it works out. But you know, th- this is still a very good Ravens defense, one of the best takeaway defenses in football. I believe they rank fourth in the NFL in, in takeaways. At the same time, you know, they don't they also just don't give up points, second league in scoring. So. You know, this Patriots offense is still trying to, I think, find its full gear. You know, even against the Rams, they kind of stalled here and there. Obviously, you can't score on every drive, but they don't still seem to be 100% in motion. Do you think they'll struggle against this Ravens defense, or do you think they match up pretty well against the the guys they're going to throw out there? So I think the the biggest thing here is that I I think – when you look at, say, for example, the Ravens secondary, uh, Jimmy Smith has been their best uh, cover corner this season, and uh, he's just coming off a back injury. You know, he did well this past weekend. They also have Eric Weddle, who's having a career revival of sorts with Baltimore. And I think the thing we're going to have to look out for is how well that the Patriots can run their three wide receiver sets and who they match up with. You know, we have. Uh, Julian Edelman, we have uh, Chris Hogan, and then Malcolm Mitchell, who have all stepped up as of late. They've all played high snap counts, and they've it, the Patriots are going to run a lot more three wide receiver sets or two running back uh, sets as opposed to two wide uh, two tight ends, I should say, uh, with Gronk out. So I think it's going to be the interesting thing is can they exploit maybe a lack of depth in the secondary for the Ravens? I think that you know they have some good pieces there, but it's going to be a situation where can they find a way to get the right matchup, get the right guy on somebody and run the perfect route and be able to just make plays on you know, an intermediate to long-term game um, for that. And then the other thing for me is, um, you know, this power running team, that, uh, the power running team that we have with, with the Patriots. You know, Garrett Blunt has had a revival season of sorts, um, you know, 13 touchdowns in 13 games this season. Um and I think the, the big thing will be for that is in the red zone and within the 10 or five yard line, can Blunt find a way to punch it in against a very tough Ravens uh, front seven? I think that's going to be a big thing as well. And just how well that the Ravens can cover again, those, those receiving uh, running backs that they have 
the Patriots, as to say, with with uh, James White and, and Deion Lewis, so it's, it's probably going to be the the big thing there. Is really just match up and, and seeing what they can exploit and what they can't, and just who matches up well with who who on the Ravens can't seem to do well with. The last week, one of the things that really opened my eyes was how well the Patriots game planned against Aaron Donald. Obviously, the rest of that Rams defensive line was uh, pretty banged up, especially with no Robert Quinn out there. But at the same time, stopping Aaron Donald is no easy feat, and they actually did a really good job against him. Now they're faced with a Ravens defense. You know, Terrell Suggs is having a good year. Doomerville's been good since he's come uh, since he's come back from injury. Brandon Williams is one of the I, I want to say one of the more underrated players in the NFL. Definitely one of the uh, unspoken heroes on this Ravens defense, replacing Haloti Nada from a couple of years ago. Do you think this Pats offensive line will have the same success against this Ravens defensive line like they had against the Rams? Well, I think when you look at it, I think that the Rams have some good pieces, but I don't think it compares to what we've seen uh, with the Ravens this season, at least at full strength. Um, I, I definitely I wrote about Aaron Donald last week. That was obviously the big key matchup uh, was how well the Patriots were able to handle him. They did well to stop him at the at the you know the snap of the ball, you know, double teaming him, making sure that they uh, had proper gap assignments and just making sure that he wasn't able to get in the backfield a lot to get behind the line of scrimmage. And I think again, you know, you know, when you, when you look at, it, I think that the Ravens are going to offer a bigger, tougher matchup for them just because I think they have more skilled players along the line. instead of one really, really good player like the Rams have in Donald, um, you know, this, this Patriots offensive line, uh, has done terrific this season. Uh, at least when you consider one expectations and two, uh, concerning how they were last season. Um, yeah, for the most part, I think, uh, Marcus Cannon missed one or two games and, and Nate Solder missed one game. But other than that, this offensive line has been together and in, intact. Um, you know, Marcus Cannon has been, uh, terrific this season since moving over from left tackle last season to right tackle this year. Uh, and then also, you know, we've seen the, uh, the better play from Shaq Mason, who I thought was the, the weakness or the, the weak link of this Patriots offensive line earlier in the season. He's really stepped it up uh, as of late, which is just making for a solid unit all around. Um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup, and I think this might even be the key area to look at. Uh, the, the Ravens front seven is the Patriots um, offensive line, but I think it's going to be a good matchup where – um, the Patriots going to scheme well against it, be able to to create proper running plays, and also make sure that um, they protect Tom Brady, which they've done really well. They actually haven't given up a sack in the past two games uh, to any opposing team, so mm-hmm. that'll be hopefully something that they can keep from happening again. Um, you know, but I think it's going to be a very tough matchup, and I think this might be the, the key thing to look at for this week. So with you know all these matchups coming up with this incredible defense that Baltimore's bringing in one of their better ones in recent seasons, you know how do you give, give me your prediction on this game? How do you see this game ultimately playing out? Before we let you get out of here, yeah. So I, I think that you know when you when you look at you know the 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 Ravens had a very good offensive showing, um, you know last week against the Dolphins. You know when you look at it, they they're without a couple pieces they've been able to get pressure on the quarterback and they weren't able to do that. And, and, um, you know, Baltimore is able to, to exploit that. So I think that the thing is going to be is whether or not the Patriots can pick up where the Dolphins struggled, uh, and in, in regards to covering that, that Ravens offense, I think that, 
if they're able to slow down Joe Flacco, get some pressure on him, make it so that he can't make those deep throws, make sure he can't, uh, you know, make those big long completions to guys like Perryman or Steve Smith. Um, I think that's going to be a big key in this um, because I think that for the most part, Flacco was pretty well protected um, and didn't have a lot of pressure on either his playmakers. So that would be a big thing uh, to see because this Ravens offense, I would say, is this is secondary towards this uh, when you look at their defense. So I ultimately see it shaking out that the the Patriots are going to come away with a victory. Uh, they are playing at home, which never hurts. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a close one. I don't think this is going to be a game that's going to be settled until the fourth quarter, if not, you know, the last play of the game. Um, two pretty good defenses. Obviously, the Ravens are an elite defense. I would say, I'm going to say 24-21 Patriots, and, and it's it could go either way, but I absolutely see the Patriots coming out with a victory here. 24-21, Doug Moore, the Patriots writer for ESPN New Hampshire. Doug, thanks for coming on again. We really appreciate it. Not a problem. I appreciate having me on. Have a good one. You too. Are you sick of buying off-the-rack suits but are worried about spending too much on a fitted one? It's a shame because every man looks better in a suit. Indochino is the place for you. They make made-to-measure suits and shirts that fit you perfectly at an incredible price. They only use the finest fabrics, and you get to customize the details you want, including your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. So how does it work? Go and visit their Boston showroom at 85 Newberry Street. Pick from dozens of fabrics, colors, and patterns. Choose all of your custom whether it's your lining, your lapel, and more. Get measured by a style guide, kick back, relax, and get ready to step into a perfectly fitting suit in just four weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention code PATRIOTS at the Boston Indochino showroom. $800 made-to-measure suit for only $389. That's over 50% off. So go book your Boston showroom appointment at Indochino.com. Go to Indochino.com to book your appointment at their Boston showroom. And again, get any premium suit for just $389. When you mention code PATRIOTS, you won't beat this deal anywhere. So go out and get your suit today. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for our Behind Enemy Lines segment. This week, we are honored to welcome in Luke Jones from WNST Baltimore Sports Radio. Luke, this... This game means a lot to me. I'm actually from Baltimore and grew up listening to WNST. So this is kind of, you know, I love these football games. But, man, this Ravens team over the past couple weeks has really proven to be one of the better teams in the AFC. What did you see last week from their 38-point explosion against the Dolphins? Well, it's really the first time all year, Harris, that they've played a complete game. I mean, Their defense has been either top-ranked or in the top five all year long. Everyone knows Justin Tucker uh, has been just perfect as a kicker this year, so they've had a strong kicking game. But their offense has just struggled. And, yeah, they, they, they would put together a, uh, one or two good drives. They've had a, they would have a good half. But overall, just a lot of inconsistency, not able to run the football consistently. Joe Flacco having one of his worst seasons uh, of his career coming off of the ACL last year. But it just, you, know, you would see, we're seeing a trend in the right direction the last couple of weeks a little more, but still not that complete performance. But they just, they completely demolished the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, they, and Miami has some deficiencies in the middle of the field, and the Ravens absolutely exploited that in 
what they did with their passing game. Lots of cra- crossing routes, lots of routes down the seam. They used their tight ends a lot. Uh, and it just it really came all together. And it was the best game Joe Flacco had played in over two years. Uh, you know, four touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing. It was everything they thought this offense had the potential to be. Not that you're going to score 38 points every week, but they thought that this was going to be an above-average offense this year, and it just hasn't happened. So you know, uh, they've won four out of five. Uh, they had their kind of breakout performance against the Dolphins. Now the big test, can they go to Foxborough playing you know, one of the two, if not the best team in the AFC, uh, in the Patriots, a team they're very familiar with, lots of big games between these teams over the last five, six years. But for me, and I think for a lot of Ravens fans uh, watching this game, there's a sense of, okay, beating the Dolphins at home, that's well and good. Miami had won six in a row, but this is a heavyweight, and let's just see how real that performance was from this offense uh, a week ago. Can they carry it over and have another big game on Monday night? From a more an analysis standpoint, you talked about how the Ravens really attacked the middle of the field against uh, the Miami Dolphins. And against this Patriots defense, you know, I- I've been very much on the side of, you know, the, obviously Patriots Twitter has been trying to read these guys out all year by saying they give up yards and this and that. But, you know, they're still one of the five or six best scoring defenses in the NFL. The Patriots, they, just, they don't give up a ton of points. But, you know, last week against the Rams, it is the Rams, but it was their first really dominant defensive performance. And, you know, they go into this game against the Ravens, maybe no Eric Rowe, who's been their number two corner for the past couple of games. We don't really know what this Patriots defense is going to bring to the table. So with that kind of uncertainty, do you think the Ravens will have the same kind of success against the Dolphins? Or do you think this is this whole game isn't going to have any analysis to it? It's just going to, you know, it's going to be classic Ravens-Patriots and it's whoever, whatever way the ball bounces. Well, I think they're, I mean, you have a certain element of whatever the way the ball bounces with any time you have quality teams going up against each other. I mean, unless you're talking about uh, someone playing the Cleveland Browns this year, I mean, that's kind of the way of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, I am really skeptical that the Ravens suddenly just found their offense. Uh, you know, there, there had been 11 previous games where, you know, quite frankly, they just, you know, their, their only other good offensive performances this year had really been their two games against the Browns. You know, they, they had some decent statistics uh, in their week four loss to Oakland, a game that kind of uh, transformed into a shootout uh, in the second half. But, you know, this is a team that struggled to score uh, 20 points per game prior to uh, week 13. So I am skeptical that you're going to see them you know, uh, eclipse the 30-point plateau or anything like that. But, you know, uh, because of what you just said, and certainly uh, I'm sure you've talked about it at length, uh, the Jamie Collins trade and the impact that's had on that defense, but, you know, that, that's still a defense that I see uh, from afar what you were just saying, you know, tied for second with the Ravens, points per game allowed at 17.3. You know, they've been, you know, they're kind of top 12 in just about any other statistics uh, you can look at defensively. So, you know, I, I'm still skeptical that the Ravens are going to be able to go up to Foxborough and, you know, Reached the high 20s uh, in points scored, reached 30 points uh, uh, as far as uh, their offensive production. I, I, I think they'll compete. Uh, I think I do expect this to be a very close game, but you know, right now, I, I, one thing I've learned uh, covering the, this league and watching the NFL my entire life, really, it seems more so the last 10, 15 years, 
we know it's a week-to-week league. I mean, mm-hmm. what you see the previous week does not mean that that's going to translate. And I'm a, I'm a sample size guy. I'm a body of work kind of guy. I've seen this Ravens offense be below, clearly below average for the first 11 games of the season. I'm not just magically convinced that the offense has it figured out. However, I will say this, Joe Flacco has been a streaky quarterback in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys in New England certainly have seen uh, some of the, been a victim of that uh, going back a few years ago. He looked like uh, the the kind of Joe Flacco who can get on a roll. Very inconsistent. We know he's not a a great quarterback statistically, but uh, he did look like a guy who was playing with a lot more confidence. And one part of that, they've used a little more hurry-up offense here over the last couple weeks, and I think that's paid some dividends. But, again, doing it against Miami in Baltimore is one thing. Doing it against the Patriots in New England is another. You know, I, there might not be an opposing quarterback. I, even even Manning had problems coming into Foxborough, but it seems that Flacco is one of the few quarterbacks, maybe in in the in the entire Belichick Brady dynasty era, where he it, it, it doesn't phase him at all. It's it's one of the most fascinating things in sports that Joe Flacco is just immune to Gillette Stadium as is this whole Ravens team. And I constantly go back to it being on Harbaugh because, you know, people come at him, all right, you know, this the ridiculous formation thing from the last time they played and this and that blah blah blah. I love John Harbaugh. I think he's a great head coach. I think he always has his guys prepared for this game. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, all week we've been hearing the Ravens say, you know, we're not afraid of them. We're not not intimidated by them we're you know we can go in and win this game yeah and this is you know being around the locker room being around players this week this is a very confident football team and that confidence has been growing steadily really since the first game after their week eight bye uh, they beat Pittsburgh at home uh, really strong performance Ben Roethlisberger was coming back from his knee three-week absence with the knee surgery so I don't know how much of that was him not being healthy and how much of it was the Raven just playing well, but they've kind of got on, gotten on a roll. They've won four out of five. Now the four wins over those five games have been all home games. So doing it on the road again is a big question. And that's one area where you know, the, the Ravens have played so well under John Harbaugh for the last nine years. The success speaks for itself, but you know, they've never truly been a great road team under him. Even their best years, you know, they, they kind of top out it or around 500 on the road, which, by the way, is most teams in the league. But you know, but your, your point about Harbaugh is well taken. I think the Ravens just they have a mindset that they have an expectation that they're going to win. Now, sounds kind of silly saying that when you think about the fact that they've roughly been a 500 team since Super Bowl 47. But even last year, when they went 5-11, and 11, there were only a couple games where the door was completely blown off and they were blown out. And that was after Joe Flacco had torn his ACL and Steve Smith was gone. Yeah, I mean, this team competed. This team upset a Pittsburgh team in Week 16 that had everything to play for last mm-hmm. year. So they play hard under Harbaugh. For all the deficiencies uh, that he might have as a coach, you know, clock management, something that uh, has been an issue really over the duration of his tenure here. Uh, he's just he's a guy that gets his players to play. They buy into what they do. They trust each other. Very rarely, even some of the years where they've had some really bad offenses, like, quite frankly, what this year has been for the most part, I've never gotten a sense where the locker room becomes fractured, where you know, the defensive players are kind of asking what gives. You know, they, they remain united. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're absolutely right. Regardless of what happens on Monday night, the Ravens have not been that team historically that 
has felt intimidated going into Foxborough in the same way that you've seen now the Houston Texans or the Kansas City Chiefs or other teams that have gone up there. You know, even Indianapolis, uh, as you mentioned, way back uh, in the glory days of Peyton Manning against Tom Brady. You know, you've just never gotten that sense from the Ravens that they're spooked playing there. Right. Now, it doesn't always mean they're going to win, but they, they compete, and you know, certainly they've had uh, a couple of their uh, playoff wins up there. But the interesting thing is, in the regular season, it's kind of been all New England, uh, you know, that under uh, in the John Harbaugh era anyway. Uh, you know, uh, New England has won all but one of those regular season meetings, mm-hmm. and that one was uh, in Baltimore a few years back. So you know, this this is just a, a team that you know, plays hard, and you know, for for it's not perfect, and I I think their talent probably isn't as good as it was say four or five years ago. But I feel that you know, they've they've come close to getting the most out of what they have, at least putting aside that uh, injury-riddled October that they had where so many guys were out and they just they had their four-game losing streak and uh, mm-hmm. really looked miserable at that point. So to switch gears a little bit, you know, the, the obvious – you know, big part of this Ravens team, and one of the big reasons they've been so good this year is the fact that, in, in my opinion at least, their defense has kind of come out of nowhere to be one of the best in the NFL. I mean, they have good players, you know, Suggs, Doomerville. I, I love Brandon Williams. I think he's so incredibly underrated. Mosley's good, so is Jimmy Smith. But, you know, you look at the, the defense's individual pieces, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stick out as number one defense in the NFL, but as a collective unit, they've been one of the most solid units of any team in all of football what have you seen this year that has been such a like what is what has been holding the defense together and against the uh raven uh, excuse me against the patriots offense with no gronk do you think they will be able to stop what will probably be a pretty hardcore running back based offense against the ravens see uh, and, and i think if that's what the patriots do then i like the chances of the ravens more so on this one because the thing that the ravens have done so well is they've been incredible stopping the run they've allowed 3.4 yards per carry uh, and they've gone up against some good rushing attacks uh, i don't know how much of a metrics guy you are but i know football outsiders wrote about it uh, last week talking about that you know, if you take into account quality of opponent and, and that kind of stuff that this they compare this Ravens run defense to what they had in 2000, which was Jeez. an incredible record-setting group. Now, I'm not sure I buy that, but this group has been exceptional stopping the run. So they've done that. You know, their, their front seven, uh, doesn't. they don't have a dynamic pass rush. Terrell Suggs is having an above-average season. He's having a terrific season given the fact that he has a torn biceps. Mm-hmm. He's 34. He's coming off of his second Achilles uh, in a four-year period. Uh, but he's not that guy that, it just becomes a game record play after play like he could do, say, five years ago. Elvis Dumervilles missed most of the season just now getting back uh, with uh, an off-season foot surgery that there's been some mystery as far as what exactly he had done, whether it was Achilles or Liz Frank. They've kind of been hush-hush, but clearly it's kept them out for most of the season. So their edge pass rush hasn't been dynamic. Mm-hmm. They've done it by stopping the run, and on the back end, I think the big key for them – Two additions they made in the offseason. One, they signed Eric Weddle from, from San Diego, three-time Pro Bowl safety. He has brought such stability. He's not an Ed Reed, ball hawk kind of safety, but he's given them organization and leadership on the back end of that defense. And you can remember two years ago, Ravens had two different 14-point leads over New England uh, in that postseason game. And why did they fall apart? Yeah, there was the, the, the formations that John Harbaugh didn't like, which, by the way, was – I thought was 
brilliant. It, it was legal. Uh, you know, the league made the changes. But uh, the, the other big thing was the Ravens couldn't cover anyone. You know, they, they just had such a horrendous secondary, mm-hmm. uh, in part because of injuries at that point. Jimmy Smith was gone for the season uh, in 2014. But uh, Eric Weddle has just brought organization, better communication, leadership to the back end that, quite frankly, they had lacked since Ed Reed left after Super Bowl 47. They just had had so just a, a revolving door of safeties Matt who just weren't worth their salt. Right, yeah, Matt Elam, you know, uh, uh, Michael Huff. I mean, they, they had a bunch of guys, uh, you know, Terrence Brooks, a third-round pick two years ago who's not with the team anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they tried. So Weddle and then the other uh, – Leslie Frazier, you know, a longtime defensive coach, former NFL head coach in Minnesota. Right. He's their secondary coach, and they just they worked on simplifying things in the back end, and they kind of built from the ground up. They simplified things, and as, as they've grown more confident, as they've had more success in coverage, they've added. They, they've become a little more uh, in terms of you know, trying to deceive the opponents, being a little more, showing a little more trickery and disguising coverage. But you know, for the most part, they've just had to sit back in coverage. Now, it's funny because in this town, everyone talks about the 2000 Ravens. Everyone talks about 2003, 2006, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed in their prime, among others. And there's such a high standard that there's been a lot of criticism for the pass defense, but <laughs> you look at them, they rank seventh in the NFL in passing yards yeah. allowed. And that's, that's with having a, just an okay pass rush. So I think the secondary has played quite well. Now we'll see what they do against Tom Brady, who has been picked off one time all year. And, <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, there's another situation where Brady's had a, a couple big performances against them, but for the most part, not that they've shut him down, but they've been able to make him look a little more human than many defenses, most defenses have. Uh, in their experiences against Tom Brady, so mm-hmm. no, this is a, a defense that you know, it kind of it starts up front stopping the run, but they've just they've had so much more steady play in the back end, and and they've really as a result it's really cut down on the big plays that just killed them last year. Mm-hmm. So one last thing before we let you get out of here. Ravens, Patriots, Foxborough, Monday Night Football. I have to get your official prediction. Give me a score. What do you think we'll end up with? Yeah, I, I, and this goes back to what I said. I still don't have enough trust in the Ravens' offense. As good as it looked, as, as I'm, I'm more optimistic about this one than, say, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I would have said I give the Ravens very little chance of winning this football game. I think this is going to be a close game. but uh, And I know the weather looks a little iffy uh, for Monday night. This is a, a pass-heavy Ravens' offense that, quite frankly, hasn't had the precision that you'd like to see to throw the ball as much as they had this year. Sunday, not this past Sunday, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. So I like New England in a close game. Uh, I'm going with 26-23. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be stunned to see the Ravens pull off an upset, but uh, I, I think you look at the Patriots, you know, their record speaks for itself. The Ravens track record offensively speaks for itself up until week 13. Uh, I just, you know, I see this game being one where the Ravens defense is uh, you know, going to hang tough, but uh, I think uh, their offense, well, just uh, they're going to come up a little bit short. Should be a, a fantastic game, and uh, nice to see this rivalry renewed after uh, not playing for a couple years. Absolutely. Luke Jones from WNST Baltimore Sports Radio. Luke, thank you for joining us again. Have a, uh, have a great weekend and enjoy the game on Monday. Glad to do it. You enjoy the game as well. Happy holidays. Have a good one. 
Great stuff there from Luke Jones and from Doug Moore. Thank you to both of them again for coming on. But that's going to do it for today's Patriot B podcast. Don't forget to listen to the Patriots post game show after the Ravens game this Monday. I'll be on about 15 minutes in. Call in at 929-477-2386 to listen live on CLNSRadio.com. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by Indokino. Go to Indokino.com and use the promo code Patriots for more than 50% off a custom-made suit. Also sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use the promo code BEAT for 77% off the family gift pack. And by Blue Apron. Go to BlueApron.com slash Patriots to get your first three meals free with free shipping. Music was provided by Hyde 209 and Joshua Morse. Want to thank both both of our guests, um, Doug Moore and Luke Jones for coming on. I want to thank page of content manager Michael Longi, CLNS Radio Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thank you to everyone who turned in. This has been Harris Rubenstein, and this is the Page of B podcast powered by CLNS Radio. Go follow me at CLNS underscore Sportsdean and enjoy the game on Monday, guys.